This Bites, discussing Milwaukee's culinary and restaurant culture. With Ann Christensen of Milwaukee Magazine and Tariq Moody of 88.9. This Bites is brought to you by Society Insurance. Welcome to This Bites, Milwaukee's culinary podcast. I'm your host, DJ Tariq, a.k.a. The Architect. I'm with the very talented... Ann Cognito. Ann Gersonson from Milwaukee Magazine. I said incognito for a reason, Tariq. Yeah, we'll We're not going to reveal it right uh, now. Yeah, we'll get to right? why we'll we get called to you it. incognito. <laughs> uh, on this week's edition of This Bites, we're going to talk about the Sherman Phoenix. We have mentioned mentioned them uh, a few episodes, but today it's the official grand opening of the Sherman Phoenix. You're not, you're not familiar what that is. We'll get into that later. We're also going to talk about, uh, we, I went to the new Korean fried chicken place that was started by the folks at Chard called Merge. We'll talk about that and their menu. Really cool, interesting stuff. Also, Small Pie, that new place that's uh, started by Honey Pie, right? Mm-hmm. Honey Pie, they have some new stuff that we're going to discuss. And then the latest edition of Milwaukee Magazine, we'll talk about all the cool food and culinary stories available and the latest issue, including a really cool story that I think everybody needs to read. We'll get into that as well. But we're going to kick it off with the Sherman Phoenix. Their grand opening is today. Uh, kicks off at 5 to 8 p.m. For those who are not familiar with the Sherman Phoenix, uh, if you remember uh, a few years ago, they had these kind of riots due to uh, an incident and it burned down this bank building over in the Sherman Park neighborhood. And that bank stood kind of vacant for some time. But luckily, two visionaries by the name of Joanne Johnson Sabir, co-owner of the Fantastic Juice Kitchen, and Julie Kaufman, full disclosure, she serves on 88.9's board of directors. Uh, she's also a developer. She also helped put together the Clock Shadow um, building. Mm-hmm. Um, also the building where Tandem, the Tandem, tandem is as well. Yeah. Yep. So she's a, an amazing person in Milwaukee. Definitely these w- two women deserve a round of applause for the Sherman Phoenix. This is their idea to basically rebuild that building into something v- very useful and very great for that community. Something vibrant, yeah. something that offers uh really like a diverse assortment of foods mm. and not junk food. I mean, like not junk food or anything else. But more importantly, it's, I mean, the ride is called the Phoenix. It's rising out of exactly. ashes. It's yeah. a brilliant name. But also to show that, show to Milwaukee and show to just just the world, because there's a lot of issues, um, you know, that people don't want to open businesses in that neighborhood because stereotypically it's scary or is this or is that. And to show them, Show Milwaukee and the rest of this uh, the region that it is not scary. There is talented people. There is hardworking people like anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And to dispel those stereotypes, and that is the Sherman Phoenix. So the Sherman Phoenix consists of 29 small businesses, mostly minority women-owned businesses, provided over 75 jobs, and there's 55 community owners in this space that is opening it today. And we want to focus on the food aspect. There's There's food offerings. There's cultural kind of offerings like yoga, uh, wellness kind of places, and there's all health food and health and uh, health offerings, jewelry, all that kind of stuff. But of course, we're going to focus on the food because we are this bites Milwaukee's culinary podcast. Uh, so let's kick it off with some of the offerings that are there um, for all my vegan fans. There's a lot of vegan people. Vegan is in, and and in Sherman Park, this place called Next Level Vegan. 
that started in Chicago as a family-owned business. It started as a food truck business and catering in Chicago. She's opening up, expanded into Milwaukee, and uh, they'll be offering vegan offerings in the Sherman Phoenix. Well, I was going to mention Funky Fresh Spring Rolls, again, just yeah. in passing, because uh, that's one that we've been tracking for a while, and I love what True Man McGee is doing with his mm-hmm. grilled spring rolls. They're not mm-hmm. fried, and they've got these really excellent ingredients. Um, but there's also, uh, a, okay, there's a pizza business, because, you know, who doesn't love pizza? And mm. and so they're going to be doing personalized thin crust pizza with probably flavors that everyone can, yeah. you know, find some flavor that everyone can find that they mm. like right so sausage and cheese and pepperoni we were actually trying to find out if maybe they have some, some really s- kind of special, special style you know yeah. most pizza places has their own signature yeah kind of toppings like and maybe we, they have a sherman phoenix original yeah so right? we're just trying to find out more about that uh another one um lush popcorn we talked about the uh, which it's a really cool popcorn they do really interesting flavors small batch handcrafted and for all the Milwaukee people, they love liquor-infused liquor popcorn infused. flavors. Yeah, um, locally sourced and actually grown organic ingredients. They're operating in the Sherman Phoenix. Purple Door Ice Cream has a branch now uh-huh. in the Sherman Phoenix in the Sherman Park neighborhood. A uh, really cool one. It shouldn't, of course, you can't have all this stuff without a coffee cafe kind of place. Shindig Coffee, which is owners uh, of um, Juice Kitchen owners started mm-hmm. the Shindig Coffee and a partnership and membership. With Collectivo. Um, you know, because of the Juice Kitchen connection, they're going to have fresh juices here as yep. well as coffee. They're going to do teas, wraps, sandwiches, breakfast foods. So it sounds like you can come to the Sherman Phoenix, you know, morning, noon, or in the evening mm-hmm. and find something for that particular type of day or take it to go, sit there and eat. I am really excited to see what the space looks like too. Yeah, um, you, I've seen renderings. So I, yeah, we both have. Um, and you're an architect. So yeah. did you think they? Did you like the renderings? I mean, I like it. I'm, pretty I'm, well done. I'm, I'm, I'm all about um, basically, you know, rehabbing buildings. Mm-hmm. I love the Same. chance. Yeah. I mean, new construction is nice. You can do some really cool stuff. Open, but to take something that was a previous used as something else and recreate it. That is skill to me. Mm-hmm. Like you're like you're not starting from blank state. But you're starting with some kind of framework to make something completely new. And I yeah. think to do it well, it's harder to do new construction because new construction you kind of have an open slate, blank slate to do whatever you want. So I'm really happy. Really big ups to two very talented uh, women to bring this to the Sherman Park area: Julie Kaufman and um, Joanne Sabir. So big ups. Do them. we know anything about the hours? Do you think they're going to be different for all the businesses? I don't know. Um, it's probably on their website. You can go to shermanphoenix.com and check out all the details. I'm assuming after their opening this evening, they will uh, share that. I'm not mm-hmm. going to be able to go there because shortly after this, I'm headed to the airport for a flight to Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. So I'll miss the grand opening. I really wanted to go, but I'll be back. You're not going anywhere. Tariq goes to L.A. He escapes to L.A. Going back right to when Cali. it gets really cold here. It actually gonna war- it's warming up that. this weekend when I'm leaving. I was hoping for a blizzard when I'm gone. No, no, and no, no, like, no. I was like, please be a blizzard so when I'm in L.A. So you can stranded in L.A.? So I can be stranded and I can share pictures of palm trees to all my Milwaukee fans. I know you love palm out. trees, don't you? Oh, palm trees are the best They're thing so ever. They're so cool. Yeah. yeah. So again, Sherman Phoenix. Definitely check it out. Grand opening today. Kicking off at 5 p.m. in the Sherman Park neighborhood. Nonprofit Radio Milwaukee is brought to you by you. A membership contribution is your personal commitment to music and to Milwaukee. 
Visit RadioMilwaukee.org to check out our donor benefits and the thank you gifts you can get to show off your 88.9 pride. Now we're back on this Bites Milwaukee's culinary podcast. And we're going to talk about, uh, we mentioned it before, they're finally open. Chard has opened up a Korean fried chicken joint uh, called Merge in the former Yokohama space on the east side. And we have the full menu. I went there for a little soft opening. And all I have to say, I was completely happily satisfied. And it was really good. I love the space. Uh, they did a very good job. They have a mural that was done by one of the artists from Black Cat Alley in there, right when you see it, kind of a little lounge area. There's two kind of bars on a lower level, an upper level, kind of not like steps, but like a kind of like one step level mm-hmm. down. Um, and how you order your food, you order your drinks at the bar, but you have to order your food. You have to go to a window and order your food and pick it up. I, I love that vibe. has this very kind of informal vibe to enjoy. It's more, it seems like a great place to hang out and eat and drink. Like, mm-hmm. there, like there's restaurants you can hang out, but it's not kind of that, you know, it's kind of like, it's a place to hang out with friends and eat and talk. I'm not saying like restaurant, you can do that. Yeah. But I think this was designed yeah. for that. You know, it's interesting. It, as soon as you said that, it reminded me of like a food hall, even mm. though this is only one place, but it mm. reminded me of food hall that I went to in Orange, uh, California, mm-hmm. and that I've been to numerous times. And, and there are tons of these out there. If you go to, if you're going to LA, you'll probably find this. Mm. And a lot of times it'll be like five really incredible, all different ki- mm. types of ethnic cuisine and a bar and some place for dessert. And they're all there together. And you go up and you order it at that window mm. and you, or you go to this other window and there's all this communal seating and everybody's just, it's really busy mm. and it's just really fun. It brings yeah. all this energy. And I think in one restaurant, that concept can mm. work really well yeah. too. That space itself is interesting. And, you know, I think the low ceilings kind of help too. Yeah. Kind of that that same kind of, and then with that graffiti type of yeah. mural, um, it just, it you're right. I'm just remembering when it was Yokohama. I haven't been in mm-hmm. the new one yet. Um, so you're saying, though, in terms of the food, it merged with your stomach? It merged well? <laughs> or it merged? You, you, you learn. You're, you you know. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to give you to the pun, I'm just, I'm, pun boot camp. Okay, yeah, I know. I'm not quite there yet. But uh, <laughs> what I'm wondering is if they told you why they named it Merge. I would gather their merging flavors and styles. So it's not like it's kind of I've seen places like Merge in Atlanta and DC where they basically, you know, it's going to create this traditional Korean fire chicken, but they're merging flavors, merging yeah. styles with their their love of I'm assuming they have a love of certain types of food. Yeah. For example, they have a uh, Korean style Philly cheesesteak, which it's brilliant to me. It's basically, you know, bulgogi which is kind of a Korean-style oh, mar- marinade, marinade beef. Yeah. So instead of a traditional kind of chop, I think it's usually chopped ribeye steak, mm-hmm. uh, the bulgogi is replaced, and then they have all the similar toppings of the cheesesteak. I think they use a hook cheese, five-year-age hook cheese. They turn into a kind of a cheese whiz sauce to go over it, which is brilliant. Which is very different from processed American. Yeah, very brilliant. Uh, cheese whiz. So the, like stuff like that, I think that's where the merge come yeah. from. Of and course, on a Shortino's role too, by the oh, way. Oh yeah, so they're supporting local, <clears throat> a local business, a uh, very popular uh, bakery in Milwaukee mm-hmm. for their hoagie style roll. On there, I noticed steak. with their burger, they're using a Pretzilla bun, which is also a Miller bakery. That's right. a Milwaukee bakery mm-hmm. as well. Um, I was looking at, I mean, they're and on that burger, I want to try it. They have a gochichang merge sauce. They're calling mm. it gochichang merge, so I'm assuming it's their house sauce. Um, a beef patty, lettuce, tomato, red onions. American cheese and house pickles. You know, as much as I sometimes 
say, I, you know, I'm not a fan of American cheese. It makes can, a perfect cheeseburger. Yes, because it, it, it melts like mm. no other. And when it has all these other ingredients on there, it it's really... Enhances. It's, it doesn't overpower. Yeah. No. You, 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 sometimes it's great to have those fancy burgers. It's cool, but sometimes yeah. to have that traditional cheeseburger, it, it, the flavor of that cheese really complements the other traditional toppings very well. Okay, what about those wings? The wings were the bomb. I'm going to say that right now. They were really good. They, Because, as I said, what people don't know, what is Korean fried chicken, a.k.a. KFC, the other KFC? It's basically, it's, it's one, it's fried differently. Traditionally, Korean fried chicken is fried twice, one at a lower temperature, and then refried at a higher temperature to get that really hard, crispy shell and, like, juiciness inside and sealed in juices. But also, to hold those... Thick sauces sometimes they put on it to keep it crispy instead of being soggy when you do it flour. You usually use cornstarch or rice flour or another type of similar kind of coating to keep that sauce and the, and the breading crispy. Um, Merge offers four sauces, uh, honey mustard. I'm not really a fan of honey mustard, period. Yes. Yeah, unless it's on pretzels or something like that. Um, they have this soy garlic, which I had, which I, I think I ate all those wings in like five minutes. They were just, it was crispy, very juicy. They have a volcano, which I'm assuming is spicy. And then they have a sweet and spicy, which I'm assuming it might be some kind of version of a gochujang flavor on that. And a volcano might be that as well. So definitely go back and try the other two flavors. Um, they also have uh, kind of tacos, again, the merge. So they have a bulgogi taco, beef, pork, a veggie. Um, oh, I forgot to mention for vegans, you're like, oh, I want to try those sauces, but I'm a vegan. They do cauliflower wings quote wings oh sure and you can get those in sauces so yeah. they didn't leave out the vegans so vegans you have something as well right. and they, then the taco they have a kimchi taco kimchi mac and cheese my coworker nicole loved it um it's it's i just love the vibe the cocktails are great it's just the energy was really nice and i just enjoyed it you know um and because we talked about this before when we heard that they were opening one of the things you mentioned at the time was the corn dog and I know you haven't had it yet, I haven't had it but yet. you saw someone have yeah, it, right? Yeah, they, they loved it. And did it look like, remember we were looking at the photos where they, they were, used they were a pan, almost, It wasn't potatoes. Yeah. It was panko. Yeah. So they, they did their own take on it, which was uh, cool. But It's, it's covered uh, in jalapeno. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to try it. Mozzarella and hot sauce. I'm going to try it. So, yeah. It just looked a little too intense at that moment <laughs> when I got in there. I was like, I want to, but I will probably regret it later. Yeah. Um. But I'll probably try it later. Just I have to be prepared for certain dishes like that. Now, the older I get, you know how that is. N- no, <laughs> I don't know at all what you're talking about. But yeah, Merge is open. They open early this week. And uh, oh, and they uh, starting December eighth, they're going to be open on brunch. Saturdays and Sundays for brunch. Yep. Cool. Um, and they have, except for like Monday when they're closed, um, they. Uh, they're open late. Now, whether they're actually doing food service mm-hmm. until midnight or till 1 a.m., I don't, I don't know. But, you know, that, that's, a, that's always a thing where people like to get food after yeah. 10 p.m. It can be really a challenge. Yeah. I can see this be a popular spot during uh, Sunday football. I mean, who doesn't want wings and football? Sure. And a good beer. Do they have TVs in there? Yeah, they like, have a couple TVs in there. They're okay. playing. So this thing I, I did have an issue was the music they were playing. They're playing uh-huh. like I. I'm not an '80s music fan. It was just too much '80s for me. Oh, it's right up my alley then. When I went to this really cool place out and outside of DC in Annandale called Honey Pigs, a 24-hour most. It's almost a 24-hour Korean barbecue. They were kind of decorated the same way, but they had like metal panel panelies. But they were mixing like 
old school hip hop, West Coast, East Coast hip hop with K-pop. It was such a cool, like complex sounds when you're eating. It was so fun in there because you get a K-pop song. You're like, oh, that's interesting. And it flows into like, you know, a Dr. Dre song, a Snoop Dogg song. It goes back into K-pop song. And I was like, this is kind of cool vibe. Maybe they need someone to kind of figure out what that playlist is going to be. Uh, Maybe they didn't just didn't really figure it out yet. You know, you know or I, you're going to play with Duran Duran. I know people that can help with the music. Yeah, I'm just saying. I, I don't. I don't personally. I can't think know, of any names off the top of my head. I can't think of anybody. Even though we're at our music radio station, I can't. No, think no, of no. Anyway, again, merge is open now. Um, so next, what do we have next? We got pie. Don't pie. We have pie. 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 Pi, 3.14. Math. It's time for math. STEM, <laughs> science, technology, and engineering, And I'm the math. wrong person for that, especially if we started getting into geometry. Really struggled well, Pi with is that. all about geometry. Uh, that's what I'm saying. And you as an architect would probably, you probably were a whiz 360 degrees con- circumference? Yeah, no, 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 no. no? Not me. No. Not me. Okay, we're going to talk about small pie, which is an offshoot of honey pie. Also in Bayview. This is actually closer to the lake and mm. on East Oklahoma Avenue. Okay. Uh, really cute old, uh, kind of like an old filling filling station, kind of of that deco period uh, that was converted into this little cafe, um, which is really an homage to the, to the pie, the hand pie. But unlike the pies that we're seeing out there that look like Pop-Tarts, these are like mini... Um, rustic pies that where the filling is put on top, you know, it's rolled yeah. out, filling put in the sides, and then it's like rustically kind of like wrapped yeah. over it. So it's round. And then you can see a little bit of that filling up on the top. Okay. Really good. Okay, so they do sweet and savory versions. And the reason I'm bringing it up again now is they've, they've expanded their assortment of pies and all the other things that they okay. offer there. Um, so they now have more, uh, some new savory hand pies. They're doing chicken curry, sausage pizza, Classic Cornish beef. Um, when you think of a, a pasty, that mm. would be a Cornish beef pasty. I love pasties. Uh, cheesy barbecue pork, uh, ham and ham and potato with three year cheddar. Um, and then they have a just Philly three year. Just Merge a three year, not a five year. I know that. Um, Step and, up your game, small pie. No, yeah, kidding. yeah, yeah. And then a Philly cheesesteak. They're also doing pot pies in chicken veggie, and then they have a shepherd's like a lamb shepherd's pie version. But they're planning to do more flavors. Based on that. So the pot pie idea came from Colorado? Oh, wow, Tariq. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Go on. Go on, I'm sorry. You know, you notice I did not laugh at that joke. But um, they, they're doing savory scones. Now, this is they have sweet pies, and they have all sorts of sweet treats and cookies and things like that. So, But a lot of people look for savory things. Now, also, Tariq, on Sundays, they're doing hot ham and rolls. I mean, how much more Milwaukee? You know, I have never done and, that. Yeah, you know... I have opinions about it. Does I the mean, ham pretty much taste the same? Is, 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 no. So people no. do get different types of hams and different yeah. flavors hams? Some of them, you know, when I was a kid, it was always, it was a big deal to get the Kaiser rolls and then the ham was a boiled ham. I hate boiled ham. I do not like well, it. It comes out of the ham. water. It, it, yes. And it's <laughs> sliced really thin. And I don't know. So people do different, there's places that do different types of hot hams and rolls. It depends, yeah. So I it's think, not the same. The only reason I get it because I felt like it's, anywhere you go is the same thing. It's not always the same. I mean, um, and the the roll isn't always the same. Case yeah. in point, if you go to uh, if you go to Gloriosos, they're going to be doing a Shortinos roll. You know, with their is their ham, ham good? Yeah, their ham is good. So maybe I'll try and it when I get back from LA. What I'm looking for, and I think this is a tall order, is someone to do like a really great honey baked ham 
or just a There's a company called Honey ham. Bake that does a very good Honey Bake. Ham. I, I know that. <laughs> I know that, Tariq. But I'm saying for my hot ham and rolls, I'd love like a good old-fashioned, like a really good ham. Like I a want, good baked ham. But anyway, what do you want? I want someone to do country ham. Country biscuits ham. on Sunday. Well, okay, you know, so I have to go home to bring country ham back. I don't know about the country ham, but have, are you familiar with a bakery in Shoreham called Miss Cupcake? No. Okay, Miss Cupcake does cupcakes and a lot of other things, but she does hot ham and biscuits on on Sundays. I've seen I've seen it on her sandwich board. But she needs to do country ham. Okay, I, I think I, think I don't think she. Yes, I agree. And. I can get it like the whole, and we're digressing, but like country ham, there's all types of country ham. There's like the, the ones you get in grocery stores in the South and put in your biscuits. Then there's the artisanal, I guess you call it, where there's aged and smoke, sliced like prosciutto. And there's some that is kicks butt of whatever those Italians call prosciutto. I mean, it's because it's because like the Italians kind of ham is not smoked. Mm-hmm. So this is actually also smoked and it's just. Have you had the ham at Iron Gray? I didn't know they had ham. Oh, they did. They did do the. Well, I never had it. I remember they, they put yeah. some ham during the Christmas season, the holiday season. They do. They that. were doing hot ham and rolls too. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm all about the country ham. Okay. Uh, have you had country ham? Uh, I don't think, as you describe it, I no. have had that country. I ham. had it last week. Okay. So you put in a little cast iron skillet. You make a little red eye gravy with it if you want. You know what red eye gravy is, right? Uh, only from you, Tariq. Your red eye, looking right at me right now. No, I'm just kidding. That's when you eat the um, pot pie. That <laughs> um, I did grow up with the. Do you are you familiar with the trademark honey baked ham? Oh Spiral yeah. Spiral cut. We used to get it, and then my mom's got cheap and said that's too much, so she got the Kroger's version. Was it any good? Was it similar to that? It was similar, but you can taste the yeah, difference because the they they have that crispy um, the, the the honey baked had the crispy kind of skin, whatever it is. Yeah, the that. the that that's what the best part of yeah. was of that ham. Was and Kroger's didn't have that. that Kroger's didn't do it well. Yeah. Well, okay, we can talk about ham again some other time. Uh, so anyway, those are some of the new offerings at uh, Small Pie, uh, and I got to tell you, this time of year, this isn't what I'm now craving. Things like, you know. Pot pies, little hand pies, mm. the soups, the stews, all these warming yeah. things, and then big globs of bread. Yeah. That's what uh, I want right now, a big glob of bread. I can help you with that. <laughs> you know what, Do you uh, have a big glob of bread that you can warm bread pocket. out of the oven? The, I'm sitting on it right now. sourdough bread, that'd be great. Okay. Um, you know what I had the other day that no. I, I missed? Speaking of nostalgia, I, I bought some eggnog. Yes. And well, I, and I usually my parents like we got eggnog and mix it with Coke, which is so good. Most people don't do that. Never here. heard they don't of it. Get it. It's it complements very well because Coke kind of that caramel. Yeah. And it, it kind of thins out the little eggnog and gives little bubbles. But I had addition to the Coke, two ounces of pecan bourbon. So wait, so it was eggnog, Coke, and pecan bourbon. Yeah. So okay, I knew it was boozy, but so I, I had a splash I saw of your Coke. Post on Just give the drink. bubbles and yeah. then like. Started with the two ounces of a uh, uh, bourbon eggnog. What if off you wanted coke. to make that non-alcoholic, but you wanted that little bit of pecan, a little bit of that sort of nutty flavor to it? What could you do? I suppose you could get like a some kind pecan of pecan extract, a, a syrup of some kind, like well, a make, nut syrup. You can make your own. It's not that hard to make a simple syrup. A simple syrup. So you roast you could, the pecans. Maybe you could roast the nut. Put the roasted nuts in there. And yeah, put the roasted there you nuts go. in like simple syrup kind of stuff. Let it soak. It probably mm-hmm. takes longer than normal. Flavors of simple syrup, but you could probably get it that way. Hmm. Yeah. If you want to make it non-alcoholic for whatever reason, I don't know why. 
seems like. Well, cons- okay, not everybody I'm wants booze. Kidding. Okay. And then it would be something you could give to kids, too. You know, that, that maybe children would want to drink. You don't give kids booze? <laughs> no? Um, Is that just my parents? I guess it was just your parents. No. My parents um, didn't do that. That's against the law. Right. I do that. I'm just joking. Um, you know what? As a child, though, I remember on, like, Christmas Eve, we would, my parents would do make grasshoppers, and we would get to have a little mm. sip of it. My and dad, that had creamed a mint in it, yeah. so there was a little bit of alcohol in there. What? Full disclosure, my dad, like... Against my mom's wishes, caused a lot of fights. When my dad like has a beer, he always like, "Come here, boy, put some hair in your chest." You give you a sip. You give you a whole beer. In between <laughs> a sip and a whole beer, let's put a, let's leave it. At let's that. leave it at that. Okay. I never liked the flavor though. We're I don't not know. I kept doing it. And just so you know, Tariq and I, neither of us have children. Uh, for obvious own. reasons. For obvious, <laughs> probably for obvious reasons. But we do not endorse giving your children. Uh, alcoholic beverages. We are only speaking, merely speaking. Unless from they have experience. a cold, you give them some cough medicines. I am not even endorsing <laughs> that, but I'm just saying that Tariq and I would not ever say to do that no. No, because look all. at how we turned out. Yeah, and both of us not good had a little bit of the you know not anyway. Good. But moving along, moving on. Milwaukee oh Magazine. Are we, we always at do this. this? Point now? Yeah, we always love to to, to uh, promote the, your work in Milwaukee Magazine. Um, the new issue is out, or at least the subscribers have it. Right? Yeah, subscribers have it. But uh, we want to share what you've written about, but there's one sure, issue. But look the, also, look at the cover, Tariq. The cover? Oh, what is the cover Some about? Find spare ribs uh, at Birch and Butcher. That was not on the menu when I went there when they first opened. Right, it's new. Oh, it looks good. The, the winter menu is out. You so they're coriander spare ribs from Birch and Book, 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 Booker. Birch and Booker. Birch and Butcher. FBI. Yes. No, Birch and Butcher, uh, curry and their spare ribs. That looks fantastic. Did you have them? Yes. Were they, they're very they were good. as good as they look? Yeah, they look they look amazing and they're they're really quite good. good. Yeah. Okay. And and there's quite a few other new things that they're doing right so now. So you have but, a story about Birch and Butcher in here. Yes. But let's talk about the most important thing in this uh, issue. Uh, it starts off with Ann Christian's best new restaurants to a 2018. There's a photo of you, which is not a photo of you. Well, uh, it might be a photo of me. Might be a photo of you. Note, this is not a, <laughs> but there's a story uh, about you. Yeah. Uh, written from, by, from, uh, Claire Hannon. Yeah. It's called Ann Cognito. You know Claire, by the way. I know Claire. Yeah. You sat with her at a dinner one time. Oh, Okay. At it Must have been a while ago. I yeah, it was a couple time. years ago. Yeah, but she's basically they turned the tables on you. I know. I don't like having. So the what's this about? What's this incognito? Why All is right. it called cognito? Yeah, it's I guess a, I better tell you. Better explain this. Should I start reading it like no, like a children's no, story? Don't. I first got to know Anne uh, Christian stop. as a disembodied voice. Yes, <laughs> but yeah, that you know, and that's really that's what we are, right? Or that's what you are, disembodied voice. I'm disembodied. Well, people on the radio, they are disembodied. Disembodied voices. I'm disembodied 24-7. Well, here's the thing. What she does is, um, okay, so my boss wanted a story written about me because. You are a great and fantastic No, because it's, for whatever reason, Tariq, and you may find this being a radio personality, people are, people out in the world are curious about what you do. Of course they are. Yeah, they're curious. People, when they come meet me, they're like, oh, you're 88.9? Hey, do you know Anne? 
That's no. that, the first oh, thing they say. Yeah, I'm sure, right? All the time. No, they're like, Tariq, tell us what... What is like the most, who is the most interesting musician you've ever talked to? I say Ann Christensen. What is it like talking on the radio every day? With Ann Christensen. <laughs> no. So uh, it, it is sort of to end the debate about what it is like to be a restaurant critic who is not shown, whose identity is, is a secret, which is Only not I know. that common anymore. I feel special. I feel well, really special because no you know, one knows. You look like. Here's here's the funny thing though, and I I talk to school groups, you know, the school groups. Yes, lots of you know brownies and Boy Scouts. No, they're usually college students who are learning about writing and they want to get into you know journalism mm. and stuff. And I talk about writing about food and you talk to them in I, public. And no, they'll come in. Sometimes they come into my office. And they they'll get come to see into you. Office. They do get to see me. Oh, However, I thought I was special. They sign a waiver. Oh. They sign a <laughs> they waiver. Sign a waiver. That's, I came up with. No, I'm kidding. I, I should, though. I should actually give them a waiver. I, sometimes I do ask them, do you are you servers at restaurants? Because I'd like to know where you where you're working. And I will avoid that place for a while. Um, you know, it's just because the idea is if you go out to a restaurant, and you're going to review it. You want to have the experience that everybody's going to have. Right. You're going to mm. you're going to want to be treated like. Every yeah. person. You don't want to be treated like this special person mm-hmm. that they know you're going to write they're about gonna them. Have to, they're going to have to step up the game. They exactly. knew you were coming in. And then it's not a fair review because then the average consumer is going to go like, well, Ann wrote this great. Yeah, that didn't happen. That didn't she happen sucks. To me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you, did that, you told me about you that story. You, you told me about the story about this, free food. this food critic that actually kind of was doing a study of how people treat. Did you, you share me about that? I, forget who, I don't know if it was New York Times, New Yorker. It wasn't me. I think you told me about the story. It was like a food critic wanted to show um, kind of discrimination in restaurants by dressing a certain way. Oh. A food critic. And oh. Dress, and, and she exposed this restaurant as just god-awful. <laughs> because the, you, people would be judged by the way yeah. they looked, too? Was, I think it was look, and she was a food critic. I can't remember. I oh. thought you wanted to tell me about it. Was it was not, but now I want to see the story, so you're going to have to find it. it. Yeah, I can't remember what it was. So, that was yeah, that's the basic premise of staying, like, behind, you know, behind mm-hmm. a screen. But, but it uh, goes into your early days. It goes into my early, yeah, it goes into sort of my history and how I started out doing it. You're but a fact checker. I was a fact checker. And Which is a rare breed nowadays. <laughs> it actually is, Tariq. I'm serious, it because, is. Because, well, and it's not to say that um, publications aren't really um, trying to be as accurate as possible, mm-hmm. but it. I think a lot of publications don't have the budget to hire somebody to check all the facts for mm-hmm. them, but that's what I would do. And if that, if a person does a story, you know, has, mm-hmm. has a fact-checking job like I did, that means that every story that they're going to run would come to me and I would call every yeah, one source. of those sources and make sure that everything was factually accurate about them. Everything. And the only publications that I know that have full-time fact-checkers is the New Yorker. I know for New sure York that Times, they do. It? Well, they probably have fact-checkers. I don't know if they're that's their full full-time job. Room. But that's what I, when I started at the magazine, I would, you know, eight to five, that's what I did all day. Because in the age of media now, and then we're getting off the topic of, uh, of the great Ann Christensen, but in, <laughs> in, in the age of social media, is like, People want to get that story out fast. That's and you the see, problem. And you see all these like corrections, or right. they don't even bother correcting, or no, it's just because things first are, yeah. to get to the headline, first the story, because in the age of social media, it's better to be first, so you get yeah. the eyeballs, and so you sell ads. And I mean, that's just the nature of the business. I mean, the internet disrupted right. a lot of industries. I'm not trying it to. It did. Now, um, what th- one thing I was going to mention though, and I think it's interesting because 
some of some readers will have noticed this or heard about it that there have been restaurant critics that were uh, um, anonymous, right? So you didn't know who they were, but they came out. They decided, mm-hmm. you know what? I'm going to reveal Jonathan myself. Gold. Jonathan Gold is one of them, right? And I think for some of them, I mean, I would say probably they, you know, to some extent had different reasons for doing it. But, but some still, of them, Jonathan, still people yeah. know who he is, but he, he still reserves under a different name, so it's still a shock. Yeah. So when it gets so. There. And and the the idea is if you come in and they had no idea ahead of time and he's sitting down, it's going to be hard at that point to be like, okay, uh oh, we got to go out and get these ingredients mm. that we don't already have, <laughs> or we're going to like, okay, somebody who worked here who's our best like sous chef, but he's off tonight, we're going to call him back in. I mean, like that's not going to happen typically, yeah. right? But um, I think with some people, it's because they'd been discovered so many times, mm-hmm. that's why they I came just, out because it just wasn't there was no point yeah. in it. Um, I feel like in the Chicago guy did the same thing too, didn't it? The Chicago I, person that came out, the Chicago Tribune oh, guy, maybe, right. definitely um, in New York City. Okay, just because um, of New York and who it is, and people will figure it out. Yeah, and in fact, um, the story that that Claire wrote about me too even brings up. Um, there was a writer that I used to really follow, and I really liked her. She was New York, Ruth Reichel. She was mm-hmm. the New York Times um, food critic. She was also the editor of Gourmet. But she talked about, um, she wrote stories. She wore elaborate get-ups, too. She had costumes. She but had costumes. But when you get that, as a chef, you'd be like, that's strange. It is strange. And that she, would be like two and two together. Like, But it hmm. showed like how competitive that market was. Hmm. They were, I mean, there were places where that, people on the staff would do anything to find out what she looked like. So they would beg, borrow, or steal to get a photo of her. And once they did, they put it on the refrigerator in the kitchen <laughs> And basically said, if you see this woman out in the dining room, call management. And <laughs> I read some of her books. She's, she's also a great uh, writer. Mm. She just wrote biographies. She grew up in this really, I think her mom might have had some mental illness. She grew up in a family where in, everything sat in the refrigerator and got moldy. I mean, like mm. she didn't grow up with great food, you know. And I really kind of related to that. Um and uh, but I it was interesting reading. I have basically my story is not as interesting as Ruth Reichel because yeah, I don't wear costumes. You did, or do I? It sounds like you didn't like start off wanting to be a food critic. No, somewhere. and Here's it kind of I started out wanting to be a film critic. To be honest, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, <laughs> nobody know really that. knows the film buff. See, that's side interesting. But the interesting how you got into food as like you're the editor, kind of like. Say, try he, this. Well, he also saw, um, well, okay, back when I started out, everybody in the magazine and a lot of writers then had a niche. Um, so, like, if you were starting out in the business, you wanted to find something to specialize in and that you would be an expert in that. Mm. And people would want, go to you because, a, okay, you you are an expert in, you know, whether it's politics or education or dance, theater, you know, um the performing arts of any kind. I yeah. mean, like all those people, they would specialize in that and that's what they became known for. Um, I don't know that you see writers like that anymore. So my editor they're was They're mostly really, Swiss Army kind of writers now, is what you're trying to say? Like there's no I, more niche writers? I think it's a. I think it's harder. It's it, it's less common. Or unless you, like the internet long, probably started a blog with that niche. Well, and, he, and here's the thing. I think... Um, you know, students that I talk to now that are, and I'm really curious about how education or journalism programs in mm. particular are, are run at colleges, because I think with a lot of them, they're taught to be, um, they try to learn everything. So 
as opposed to me who, you know, when I was in school, I wasn't taking photographs or doing films. Now, or tweeting or Snapchatting. Or tweet. They have whole classes on doing social media. Mm-hmm. Like you need a class to learn, learn to edit to videos. Do so- and, yeah. But so I think what's happening is writers want to or need to know how to do everything. They're, they're not specialists The anymore. publications can't afford to pay for a video person this. There you go. So basically you got to do everything and I still got to pay you less. Right. So Yeah. That's, that's the nature so, of the technology. So the good days are over, essentially. Mm. <laughs> no, but uh, it's 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 definitely interesting. Um, you know, the story gets into, you know, I guess, you know, it doesn't get into a lot of the kind of like hijinks, the, some of the crazy experiences that I've So what was your first, what did you review first? What restaurant, do you remember what restaurant you reviewed first? I really do, I do. Uh, because in the beginning, my editor, you know, knew I was so... Un- Unexperienced because I was, and I was starting out. And I, he's like, okay, we, we you got to start taking cooking classes, which I started doing. Mm-hmm. You got to start cooking all the time. You got to get the really good, the the best food writers. Mm-hmm. So, and there were really good food writers mm-hmm. out there. And so I really started reading them and cookbooks. I was reading cookbooks um, and traveling, like as I had money, which wasn't <laughs> much, but going to places where you know, l- let's say Tariq, you really want to know how. Um, you know, how a croque monsieur is really supposed to be made. Okay, yeah, you can mm. go to the little French place on the corner and you can have it. But if you go to France, then you you know, and you go to a bunch of places, you can actually get the way, you can get a, fr- a croque monsieur the way it's supposed to be made, right? Mm-hmm. And then you can you can um, hold up a, a version of it here. You have a benchmark for as, Yeah, you have a benchmark for all these other things that you're trying, okay? So... That's how, that's been my hope over the years is just to go to all these different places and learn and learn and learn. And it's like an endless learning experience, right? There's no end to that. I'm hoping hopefully next year to go to Hong Kong. I'd like to go to more oh, wow. Asian countries. We, and, we need to do a Despite's edition. Let's get 889, <laughs> Milwaukee Magazine. Yeah. Let's get that budget ready and let's just do you know a Despite edition gonna, in Hong Kong. We're going to do that. We're going to start a, we're going to start a GoFundMe campaign. Yeah, let's get um, it going. Everybody does those, so let's do one yeah, for we, us. Yeah, they do. Yeah. They really do. So what else were you, you were going to ask something else? No? Oh, yeah, the, the, the first restaurant. Oh, yes, the first. Yeah, right, right, right. So I was just going to say, though, because I didn't really have any experience at all, my editor wanted me to try kind of like smaller little cafes or places that, um, you know, they were just it, where I could kind of get the ambiance and sort mm-hmm. of learn how to get that idea of what the whole experience mm-hmm. was like. Because I've always been a big proponent of it's not just the food, it's the atmosphere, yeah. it's the service, it's what you're smelling, hearing, mm. tasting, it's the people around you, mm. it's it's getting at all that. So you will probably not remember um, Gill's Espresso Bongo Lounge. Probably wasn't even here. It was on Downer Avenue. It was bef- it was well before Cafe Hollander. Yeah, it wasn't But here. it was, um, and it had a different couple different names. Mm. It probably was just at some point called Gill's Lounge or Gill's mm. Cafe, but it was called like the Oingo Boingo Lounge or the Espresso. I don't know. It was really goofy Oingo Boingo place, mm. but I remember that was that was probably the first one and that I wrote it, about. You it it, did you give it a raven review? Uh, no, I was really, really trying to, I, I was so serious about it because mm. I, so I was very, very particular and I kept going back and that's the whole thing about reviewing. You have to go back multiple times so you can try everything and you want to go on a night that you think they're not going to be busy and evaluate it, you know, versus a night like a Friday or Saturday where it's busier and sometimes, you know, there are delays mm. or, or, or they're short staffed or, 
you know, everything is like you're kind of looking at them at different so times. So when you do a restaurant review, week. you go there multiple times before you write yes. the review. Okay. Correct. So it's not like I picture you just ordering a ton of food and not eating No, it does not work that way. And nor do I take the photos. I've had that question a lot. If I take the photos, those gorgeous photos that appear in the magazine that are done by mm. professional photographers, I am not a professional photographer. I could never take a photo like that one we're looking mm -hmm. at right there. Uh, no, I don't take the photos either. Okay. But the photographer, so later on, you know, even though the restaurant, the restaurant in theory does not know that I am there, um, I can call them later on and I talk to to, you know, restaurant owners all the time on the phone. And then I get details, you know, well, how'd you come up with the name? Tell me a little bit about the decor. Mm. What about the menu? Um, you know, really sort of getting mm. at some of the nuances of flavor and why they came up with certain things. Mm. I love, and that's the thing, Tariq, I was really trained as a reporter and I mm. love gathering news that it. way. Okay. Yeah. Uh, do you have an Instagram where you share a lot of food stuff? Do you, are you like kind of that? I kind do. Of? I guess we're not Instagram friends. You, you don't, I'm, I'm trying to let people know they want to follow you on Instagram. What's your Instagram handle? Oh, um, I think it's just um, a Kristen. Okay. I think, but you know, like every, like a lot of these social media sites, you have to get permissions. Oh, you're to, you're private on Instagram. Yeah. Oh. Although you don't you don't see me. Sometimes you see my hands. Yeah, but my you like feet. you're not like a public follower. No, even though I you're a celebrity. See, here's that's not the good thing. for your brand. That's as I learned in millennial terms. That is not good for your brand. Well, here's the thing. Millennials can completely attest you to the fact. You have to have a brand. Okay, yeah. So, well, this is an attempt, I guess, to work on the brand, this mm -hmm. story right here. But so, you know, millennials and probably you too. I mean, if you Google I'm yourself. Generation Z, actually. No, but if you Google yourself, you, you know, you might find a ton of things about yourself, whether yeah. it's your blog or pictures of you. Mm. And then you go on Facebook and there's all these photos of you and all this stuff. I never did that. So... Like, it's hard for people, which is really good, was what I'm saying. If you want to do what I'm doing, you have to not have all that stuff You can have all there. that stuff, but your stuff be about food. It's true, but I'm saying if you have lots of photos of yourself out there for people to find and you want to be an anonymous food critic, it's going to be really, really difficult. Or you just have a pen name. find those photos of you. Or you just create a pen name. A pen name. Or you do a pen name. A nom de plume. Yeah. Yes, that's a good so point. So, like all great food critics, and you don't know actually, Tariq, you do not know if that name that I write under and that you call me is my real name. I have your social security number, so I'm not even worry about that. <laughs> um, so, like all good food critics, when is your first book coming out? I don't. Are you working no, on one? Do you not, have I'm, one in I'm, mind? I'm, no. Really? No. You don't have a memoir or a cookbook no. idea or just a food? Because that subject? word memoir, even though people write memoirs about themselves all the time, sounds like. I'm 95 and I'm writing my memoir. There's freaking millennials, 20 something. That's what I'm they saying. They have memoirs. I, I know. Out, I, which I don't. It's mind blowing to me. But anyway, <laughs> are you um, are you working on yours? It's done. It's in it's in blog form. It's in Snapchat form. It's one Snapchat. Second, like one second videos of gifts. That's my memoir. No, I don't. My life's boring. Um, before we go, I just want to give a congratulations to uh, Jose Andreas. Yes. Yes. For most yes. people don't know, award-winning chef, a really good guy, best known for his uh, establishment in D.C., Bar Mini and Mini Bar, and a lot of other things. He's been really contributing to society, um, cooking dinners for Puerto Ricans, and just doing some really good things for people around the world. Uh, most recently, not to get into politics, I, we're not going to tell what side, he even offered uh, the politician uh, from New York, the um, young 
young congresswoman couldn't afford. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Like, I can't just, think of how to say her name yeah. either. She's you know, she's a very beautiful name, but yeah. it's something that I know I would mispronounce. And that is whatever left or right. It just he's he's has yeah. a good heart. Basically, he, what we're trying to say, and he has a good heart. He's nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize. He's nominated. Yes, he's nominated for that. But if, if you think about um, all these these natural disasters, he's the guy that steps in and and helps people get fed. Mm. Yeah. You know, and so it's a huge effort. For him. And I've been to his establishment, Bar Mini I've been to, yeah. which is fantastic. Another person that most people don't know that also helps, he gets made fun of a lot, including by the late Anthony Bourdain, Guy Fieri. He's also, especially during the fires, he's cooked for firemen oh, and people that. living at home. He's also, apparently he has a good heart, even though he's, <laughs> he gets a lot of poke fun at, but he apparently has a good heart as well. So both congratulations to anybody who out there helping people. Well, and I was going to say, you know, after we mentioned Jose, there are a lot of people out there that are contributing to yeah. those causes. And mm. that's fantastic. Cause yeah. it's, it's not, it's not up to one person. No. This is going to take a lot of people yeah. and well, all of us coming together and helping. But big ups to, I don't know if he's the first chef that's been nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize. <sighs> I don't know, but I mean, he certainly is becoming as much of an activist as mm. a chef. Yeah. So good up to him. Oh, now let's see if he can make his food affordable for everybody. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It is expensive. I'm just saying. Yeah. I mean, it's good. It's I, really, I really I good. The I cocktails at, at Bar Mini were insane, by the way. Really? They were insane. I don't like, we were talking to the bartenders there and it was just like, wow, just the creativity. Like you're using a, were you on mushrooms when you came up with this idea for this cocktail? So did he, his probably his bar manager came up with those cocktails. Yeah, he that wasn't. I don't think it was him. He, yeah. he, he just hires. He finds good people. Right, right. And that's like any good business. You have good right. people. You have, and you have consultants yeah. that, that know how to do these things. Well, that's it for this bite's a little extended version because we wanted to talk about Anne because <laughs> Anne is great. So the story about Anne called Anne Cognito is in the latest issue of Milwaukee Magazine with the cover of Coriander Spare Ribs from Birch and Butcher. And Anne Christian's best new restaurant. We didn't even talk about the best new restaurants, did we? No, we didn't. We didn't. Talk no, read about it. That. That's not important. It was all about Anne today, <laughs> right? You can go look at it in the magazine's best new restaurants. Unless you want to mention one, are we good? We can always talk about it Later? next week. We'll talk about it next week. Cool. Let's yeah. do that next week. Best new restaurants, 2018. All right, perfect. As always, Despite Milwaukee's culinary podcast produced by Tyrone Miller, handcrafted sonic inspiration comes from the License Lab with support from Society Insurance and our generous members. Subscribe to this podcast at RadioMilwaukee.org or on iTunes or anywhere you listen to podcasts. And always stay hungry. And keep the Malort cold. Yeah. I'll still never. Lukewarm alert is gross, by the way. I was gonna say I, I, I don't I don't think I'm gonna ever really do like a, a big do, treatise on Malord. You should. They're coming back to Chicago. You should. I know. And visit I know. the factory and do a yeah. whole thing and then Well it, I wish anyway. they were a Milwaukee company. I then mean, it would be even I mean better. Milwaukee is a suburb of Milwaukee. I mean Chicago yeah, is a suburb. A, oh, it's a suburb of, of Chicago. You you are not supposed to say say stuff like that. That those are fighting words. People do not I've like heard to hear that. that's the first thing I've heard. People are like, yeah, Chicago, suburb of Milwaukee. Oh sh- oh you're saying the reverse yeah. now. That's because what I you've meant. heard people okay, because you've heard people say that Milwaukee. No, I actually I've never heard people okay. say that. Because I've been in Milwaukee. Right. So I've heard that. It's like, hey, there's Chicago, that nice uh, suburb of Milwaukee. Wow. That's, yeah. Well, go Bears. Boo Bears. I don't care.
Anyway, have a great weekend. You too.